to Crossroad Church's Sermon of the Week podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Bob Ellis. Today I want to I want to share with you out of a passage, actually two chapters, Acts chapter 27 and 28. And and so if you can start looking in, in those chapters, and, and I would encourage you also to look at those even after the message today. The other day I, was, I, I walked into, into a, a bank, and it was a new bank that had just built near where I live. And, and I walked in, and I got this, this rush of, of new. You know what I'm talking about when you, when you go into a place, or, or maybe that, that new car smell. And so as I walk into this Wells Fargo, I walk in, and, and the tellers, there wasn't anybody in line, and so they're ready to help you. And, and I said, oh, wow, got that new car smell. And, and the ladies behind the counter, they started laughing. And so I don't know if they were laughing that they thought, oh, he's witty, or, or they're laughing because they probably heard this a million times. The, the building just smells new. And so it, it did have that new car smell to it. Now, as, as opposed to, to me walking in and saying, Oh, this place smells like poison. I mean, have you ever heard that, that when someone says that new car smell is actually what you're smelling is the toxins? I've thought about that. I'm like, oh, I like that smell. That smells, it's, I love that new car smell. I remember my grandpa would come down from Michigan. And he would always have that, that new car smell because he was always getting new cars. And it was, just, it was just always a cool smell or a nice smell. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. But as we've gone on, we, we realize that, that the, the plastic and, and all of the smells are just being released from those products. And so that new car smell that you and I smell that we like or we think we like is really probably poisonous to some degree. And so and me walking into the Wells Fargo, they received it better by me saying, hey, it smells like new car in here. Versus me saying, oh, it smells like poison. And that wouldn't have probably gone over too well. Um, today in, in Acts chapter 27, I want to share with you a story about, uh, about the, the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was, was writer of two-thirds of the New Testament. And, and the Apostle Paul, in this story, he gets, give you a heads up, up, he got bit by a poisonous snake. But, but prior to being bitten by a poisonous snake, Paul was, was on a prison boat. He had been he had been called by God to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. And, and he, he, in this occasion, had made his appeal after being uh, accused of what we would consider nothing. And he made his appeal to Caesar. And so he was on a boat. Roman officers, Roman soldiers were taking him to Rome. And so they were going in by ship. They had gone over land and ship too, and on their way to Rome when they experienced a shipwreck. And, and on this shipwreck, we, we pick up the story in Acts chapter 27, verse 23 to 26. Uh, the ship was getting ready to go down. The soldiers had already lightened the load on the ship to try to keep the ship from, from sinking. And, and then they got to the point where they're, they're, they're saying, this thing is going down. And if it goes down near shore and some of these prisoners escape, then we will have to pay with our lives. See, this was a rule from the Romans. If you were in charge of a, of a captive and your captive got away, then you would pay for his life with yours. And, and so they had discussed the possibility of killing all the prisoners. And Paul talks them out of it. And, and, and then he also gives this encouraging message to them. Now remember, he's a prisoner on his way to face uh, judgment before Caesar. 
And he says this. He says, Last night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Don't be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep, your cur- keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. And so Paul says the ship's going to be lost. We need to run this boat on, onto shore, and, and then everyone will get off. And, and if you read the rest of the story, they actually grab those who could swim, swim. Those who would, could grab wood would float over, and, and then they would help each other get to this island. It's interesting. Paul is the prisoner, yet he is telling everyone what they must do to be saved from this circumstance. But, but Paul tells them that something's getting ready to happen. But he says to them, and this is important because when we get to Acts chapter 28, it'll make sense a little bit more. He says that, that God's angel, uh, who he belongs, he belongs to God. And so one of God's messengers, an angel, came and told him, Paul, you are going to stand trial before Caesar. Don't worry. Everybody here on this boat is going to survive. Now, this is important. Because this is where Paul gets his confidence, he gets his boldness, he starts telling and giving orders. And, but it wasn't as if some man was giving orders because, oh, he wants to give orders. We know how that works, right? There are some people who just like to give orders, whether they know where they're doing and leading us or not is, is another thing. But Paul is, has this confidence. Why does he have confidence? Because he had been in the presence of an angel who had been in the presence of God who told Paul, Paul, your journey doesn't end here. You're not going to die here on these waters. Neither is anyone here with you going to die on these waters because I have a purpose for you. And then and, and you, you fast forward to Acts chapter 28. Once they are, the scripture says, once safely on shore, we, Paul is talking about how Paul says, we found out that the island was called Malta. And the islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. And Paul gathered a pile of brushwood. And as he put it on the fire, a viper, driven out by the heat, fastened itself to his hand. And when the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, This man must be a murderer. For though he escaped from the sea, the goddess of justice has not allowed him to live. Or the goddess justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. The people expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and said he was a god. And so, so here's the story. It's, it starts by him being on a prison, on a prison boat. And, and this boat is transporting criminals and in, in Paul's case, he is on his way to Rome. The, the, the boat takes on, is taking on water. It's because of a, a fierce storm. And, and God speaks to Paul and says, Paul, this is not your end. You still have work to do for me. And so Paul, in his confidence, he starts to, to boldly lead these people. And now they're on the island. And what are they doing? They're, they're building a fire. They're trying to get warm. It's cold. It's rainy. And they help, have the help of some of the island uh, villagers here as well, the islanders. And, and it says as Paul was taking brush, he's doing his part. He's taking brush and putting it on the fire. This is not someone who's just sitting off to the side, barking out orders. He's, he's, he's there and he takes the brush and he puts it on the fire. And out 
of the brush and out of the fire comes this venomous snake that bites him and undoubtedly is injecting its venom and poison into his body. And everyone around is watching to see if Paul is going to swell up and die. If the, if the poison is going to overtake him, is he just going to suddenly fall dead in front of them? But he doesn't fall dead. In fact, then they are shocked and they're like, this man must be a god. On one hand, they're like, no, justice has come for this guy. He must be a murderer. He escapes death just to find death. But Paul doesn't die. And instead, it's another opportunity, as God was doing throughout the book of Acts, he would, he would do these signs and wonders, and he would, he would baffle people, and it would lead to opportunities for more people to find out who God really is. And so the scripture says that Paul was bitten by a venomous snake, and so poison undoubtedly was flowing through his veins. And there were people waiting for him to die. You, you see, in, in this story, it seems as if poison is going to take over people. I, I remember as a kid on the playground and, and maybe even on school buses uh, that, that you get bored on some of those long drives and, and, and kids would start playing rock, paper, scissors. You, you remember the game where, where you go, one, two, three, rock. One, two, three, scissors. You know, one, two, three, paper. And, and, and there was always that sneaky little guy who would, who would try to play and he'd go, rock paper and he'd wait till you do it and then he would see you throw paper and then he'd throw his his scissors or or vice versa you'd throw your scissors and he'd wait till the last second then throw your rock and he would he would cheat you and and, and then someone along the way decided the game needed a, an uptick it needed it needed a revision a rock paper scissors 2.0 and then someone came along and said okay you got you got rock you got paper you got scissors and 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 you got dynamite and I remember as, as a young adult, and then I don't know if I was chaperoning for, for a kid's camp or a youth camp or where I heard it, but they started throwing in dynamite. And I'm like, when did dynamite get introduced to rock, paper, scissors? And, and inevitably, I can just imagine somebody on the playground who got tired of losing. Now, now think about the, the odds of losing rock, paper, scissors. Well, there's, there's three options and so you've got 33% chance of picking one of those, and you don't always have to lose because you can tie if you have paper, or you have scissors, or you have rock. And so you have a pretty good chance of winning, but somebody got tired of losing. They said, okay, we're going to throw in dynamite. And then I heard someone say, well, you take scissors, and it cuts the fuse, and dynamite's neutralized. Yeah, but, but you think about it. A stick of dynamite in a room full of paper, in a room full of scissors, in a room full of rocks is going to make a lot of, of confetti, a lot of shrap, uh, metal shrapnel, metal shreds. It's going to make a lot of rocks into a lot of dust. The dynamite seems to be the, okay, I'm going to win with this. I mean, it, it would be as if someone said, okay, I like this game, but let me add something else to it so I can win. In life, that's called poison. The Bible says that from the very beginning, when, when Satan came along to poison the minds and the hearts and the destinies of the people of God, and he introduced poison to ruin them, to, to, to win over, to be over men. And poison for a while dominated. And what God had made perfect became corrupted and has, as this 
perfect creation entered, then sin entered in through one man, through Adam, and through his, his decision to follow Satan or the serpent. And, and then the Bible also says that just as sin entered in through one man, sin, uh, redemption came in through another. And we, we see this as Christ. And so from the beginning, poison took over people. But as Christ came onto the scene, we start to see that something took over poison. And if you look at Acts chapter 27 and 28, you, 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 you have to really look at this to understand what happened. Paul, the day before, or on the, the night before when the, the ship was going down, an angel visited him and said, Paul, you're not going to die because you have purpose. You, you, you see, you see the, the, the winner over poison, if, if poison has somehow sin has come over people, then there has to be an answer or an antidote. What beats poison? It's purpose. Purpose rules over poison. And so Paul is told, you're not going to die. And so when he faces the shipwreck and he has to swim to shore and survive, God honors and all of the sailors, all of the soldiers, everyone survives. And then he would get bit by a snake, a poisonous snake. He doesn't die. You see, he could have said, oh man, I came all this way, God, and you left me to die by snake. No, he shakes it off and he sits down with everybody else and he, he lives to tell why he lives. You see, purpose rules over poison. God says that those of us who are found in Christ have purpose in fact, the scripture says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is what flows through you because of Christ than the poison that entered into you through Adam and being a seed that, uh, or a descendant of Adam. Through our blood flows poison. And a lot of people live life saying, oh, I don't want to get bitten or bit. Or bitten, bitten, or bit. Eh, I don't know. Some, some English uh, 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 scholar, uh, notable, will be able to figure out where I messed up. But none of us want to get bitten by a snake. And so we try to avoid pitfalls or things that will wreck our lives or hurt us. And we try to, to, to survive. And we try to avoid those things. And, and I think that some of that self-preservation is built into us and that's smart. But we forget that we've already been bitten. You see, we've been bitten by sin. We're born into sin, the scripture says. And yes, we believe that sin exists. And, and, and so Paul was on a journey to tell the Gentiles how they could get saved, how they could give their lives to God, and how they could experience what he had experienced. And so God uses this miraculous to, to share with them that there is an antidote for poison. There is a poison that flows through all of our veins. And it is sin. And the result of that sin is death. Justice is coming. So in, in some ways, the islanders were, were kind of right. There is justice. But what we fail to see is that we are all sinners. All need, uh, in need of a Savior. All in need of an antidote. And in and, and, and John, in 1 John chapter 4, he says... There's something greater inside of you than, than what is inside of the world. The moment you decide to put Christ first is the moment that that poison starts to lose its effect. 
It's that moment when the poison starts to lose the battle. And then purpose starts to come over it. For Paul, he says, I'm not worried about this snake. I've got to go. I have a date uh, in front of Caesar to, to explain to him, to explain the person who is over the Roman Empire, the, the, the most powerful man in the world, not just in a community or in a region, but in the whole world, Caesar would have been the most powerful man. And Paul has a... He has an appointed time to face Caesar where he's going to tell Caesar what it takes to be saved. Paul had purpose. And this purpose had overtaken, overtaken his, his worries about tomorrow. You and I, when we, when we live in this world, we are faced with problems. We are faced with trials and tribulations and, and these worries that, that do overtake us. And it becomes a poison. Our minds get poisoned. What happened in the garden? The, the, the serpent came to Adam and he says, God doesn't want you to be like him. So that's why he told you not to eat of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He starts to mess with our mind and the poison takes over our mind. And we start to doubt. We also doubt our heart. We lose courage. We lose faith. We lose hope. But when purpose is reintroduced into mankind, it wins over poison every time. God introduced purpose to mankind. And when God gave purpose to Paul, Paul was on a mission. Now, now sometimes we, 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 we do misunderstand purpose and we say, well, God's got a purpose for my life and it's going to be great. What if, what if the purpose that God has for your life is to go through some trials like Paul did? He was shipwrecked. He was snake bitten. He was stoned. He was beaten. He was humiliated. And ultimately, he was killed for the faith. But he had a purpose. And his purpose was to glorify God with every breath that he had within him. And we've got, a, we've got this poison that flows through us that has even corrupted our minds and said, oh, God's going God's to make it all perfect for you. And then when things don't go perfect, that poison circles back around and says, see there, can you really trust God? But Paul knew his purpose. He knew he was going to die for his faith. And that purpose gave him confidence. See, you and I are called to live with purpose. And that purpose will beat over poison that comes in to doubt you and fill your mind with doubts. Uh, see, the islanders sat there and they waited for Paul to swell up and die. Some people live their whole lives waiting to swell up and die because they don't have purpose. And so every day they sit around the fire thinking, is today my day? Versus those who are found in Christ, they've decided, this is the day of the Lord. This is a day of salvation. Let me be rejoiceful and let me celebrate and be glad because of what God has done today in my life. The scripture says in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, Paul says this. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Think about that. If God is for us, then we have purpose. If God is on our side, then we have a direction. If God is on our side, we are going somewhere. Then who can be against us? The poison says, ah, you're going to swell up and you're going to die by the fire. You're going to be humiliated. You're going to fall short of what you were planning to do. But if God is for us, God is for us, we win every time.
Not a third of the time. Not half the time. But we win every time. Peter said this. He said, since you've been born again, not a perishable seed, things that have been corrupted or, or sinful or poisoned, since, since you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. See, when the word of God came upon us, and when we believe in God, then we now have purpose. I don't believe a Christian should live his life or her life without purpose. One of the greatest selling books of all time was A Purpose Driven Life, uh, written by Rick Warren. It's a devotional, full of scripture, reminding people of why they are here on this planet. See, I believe that purpose, the reason it sold so many copies is because people were looking for hope. And the Bible says that hope is found in the living word of God, which comes from a God who has a purpose for you and for me. It's the living word. And he wants to pour it over you so it can cleanse you of the poison. Paul shakes off the venomous, poisonous snake. And he goes on to, to heal some of the sick there on the island. He goes on to continue to preach the good news that is found in Jesus alone. He goes on to honor God. See, if we honor God, he will honor us. Paul talks about the peace that is found in Christ and Christ alone. Paul explains to them what it means to be saved. The next time you, you get a whiff of that new car smell, um, just remember that sometimes our noses trick us. We smell something and we think, oh, that smells good. But in reality, it's poisonous. Now, I'm not saying don't buy new cars. I'm not saying don't, don't enjoy that smell. I'm just saying... We need to understand that when we live life, sometimes we're tricked. Sometimes we have this false sensation that says, oh, this is good. And we don't realize what true purpose is. The Bible says that with true purpose comes confidence. And the only way to understand that is drawing close to the one who brought us life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the purpose that we have in Christ Jesus. Lord, I thank you that, that nothing can separate us from your love. I ask right now that if there's anyone who is hearing this message and, and even meditating on these scriptures that doesn't have purpose, never had purpose, or lost their way, and the poison seemed to, to rob them of purpose, that today you would reinstate uh, that, that dose of, of anti-venom called purpose in anyone who's hearing today. Lord, so that we can live a bold life, a confident life, a life that changes and transforms those who come into contact with us, a life that shakes off the snakes and, 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 and really isn't worried about the poison because we know that our Creator has fashioned us and made us. We have been wonderfully created by you, God, for a purpose. For we pray it in your son Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about this podcast and other ministries, visit crossroadstx.church.